a man was being tailgated by a stressed out woman. I know you ladies, you never get stressed out. On a busy street. And suddenly the light turned yellow just in front of him. So this man did the right thing. He stopped at the lights, even though he could have beaten the red light by accelerating. He was a godly man, of course. The tailgating woman was furious. She hopped her horn, screaming in frustration as she missed a chance to go through the road. And she dropped a mobile and the makeup. As she was still in mid-rant, she heard a tap on her window and looked up into the face of a very serious police officer. The officer ordered her to exit a car with her hands up. He took her to the police station where she was searched, fingerprinted, photographed, and placed in a holding cell. After a couple of hours, a policeman approached the cell and opened the door. She was escorted back to the booking desk where the arresting officer was waiting with her personal effects. He said, I'm very sorry for this mistake. You see, I pulled up behind your car while you were blowing your horn, flipping off the guy in front of you and cursing. I noticed that what would Jesus do bumper sticker, the bumper sticker with choose life, the follow me to Sunday school bumper sticker and the chrome plated Christian fish emblem on the boot. And naturally, I assumed you had stolen the car. (laughs) We need to be very careful because there is always somebody watching us. I'm going to finish off this series called Honour. And it's my joy to be able to just move us along on this journey. Because over the past three weeks, this being the fourth week, We've really looked at what is honour, the things that we, that we need to honour, and Phil uh, highlighted a number of things. And then it was my joy to be able to define honour and how does this play out in our lives and relationships, and Lisa helped me with that last week. But this evening, what I want to do is look at how we practice, build a lifestyle of honour. I don't know about you, but I'm really not interested in, in messages that just you know, tell me what I should do. I'm more interested in in messages that show me how to do it. Now, there is a need to actually tell people what to do, but I actually think it's far better to actually show people how to do it. And um, tonight, that is my hope, is that actually with laying in some principles, it will actually show you how we can build this lifestyle of honour. The reason why we've talked about this series so much is because we understand that the honour is a significant key to unlocking, unlocking the power of the kingdom. I've been thrilled to hear how people have changed the way they've spoken and driven. And I was hearing talking about driving. I was hearing last week of somebody who normally would be in a car. And they would be, I'm not saying they'd be flipping off a guy, but they'd be getting really, really frustrated because somebody's not driving how they want to drive. But this time they was thinking about the whole honour. So instead of calling that guy a jerk, a plat, an idiot, and all those kinds of comments, they was now a little bit more settled in their spirits. And I can see some of you are obviously can resonate with what I'm talking about tonight. It's changing the way that we behave I was thrilled in our staff times. We wanted to move to a particular theme, but we weren't allowed to because actually what needed to come out of the the staff was how does this work out in our lives? It's really not been talked about. Phil just flagged up to me the fact that actually 
He's never heard a message on honour in all the time that he's been doing ministry. Same with me. And that is why we're here talking about it. It's good to hear that people are thinking about it, praying into it, allowing the Spirit of God to just minister to their hearts. So what I want to do is really just end this series. Somebody said to me recently, well this morning, it's a shame really because we feel like we've only just got into it and now we're closing it, but we may have to come back to it at another time. There are three particular things that I want to just address. First of all, and I want to move at pace, we need to understand, in my mind, who are we meant to honour? There's three particular people groups that I think it's important that we need to understand if we're going to build a life of honour, we need to honour them. The first thing is this, we are called, commissioned, commanded to honour one another. Don't you the neighbour next to you because you look like you need waking up and just say, I'm called to honour you. In fact, I'm commanded to honour you. You see, Romans 12 verse 10 says this, Be devoted to one another in love and honour one another above yourselves. Honour one another. Honour one another. You see, it's no good me just talking about honouring those in authority, and we'll come to that in a moment, if we miss the first basic principle of honour, and that is to honour one another. To honour one another. Not just those that you like, but also those that you don't like. Not just your friends, that's easy, but actually those who may have not been very friendly with you. We are meant to prefer, to love, to cherish one another. Secondly, we are called to honour those in authority. Romans 13 verse 1 says this, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. Listen, the authorities that exist have been established by God. Let it just settle in your heart. The, 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 The authorities that have been established, exist, have been established by God. That means to say that when we, you know, getting really frustrated with, you know, the PM on the TV or the opposition or we getting frustrated about the local council, the MP and what they say, we need to be very careful what we say and how we say it. This is where the challenges come to me because I have an opinion about everyone and everything. Those who know me well know that's the case. And at times I have let my frustrations be known. But actually the Bible says that I'm, a, I'm to one of those in authority. And to honour them. That means to say we speak respectfully of those who sit over us, even in this town. I've never met the MP Alan Neal. I've heard lots of things, good and bad, about him. But the Bible commands us to actually bring him the level of honour that he, that, he, that he needs because it's God who's put him in place. You may say, no, 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 it's the town. No, God's placed him there. And this is where it digs really deep because we have a culture that we can just, if I can say this, slag off, slate, whoever, whatever. And actually we're not called to do that with it. We're called to honour. We're called to pray for those in authority, to honour those in authority. We're also called to honour one another. And thirdly, we're also called and commanded to honour those with authority in the church. (laughs) Hebrews 13 verse says this. Verse 17 says this, Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because 
They keep watch over you as those who give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority. Honestly, I have lost count with the times that I've heard stories, something that goes like this. There's a church who doesn't like their pastor. What do I mean they don't like their pastor? They don't like what he's doing and where he's going. He hasn't done anything, anything immoral. He hasn't done anything wrong. He's just taken it in a particular direction. But there's an uprising in the church. And the uprising in that church determined the only way we're going to get him out is by starving him. Yes, you heard me right. Starving him. And so what they determine is, because they hold the purse strings, they will all stop tithing, and so there will be no money to pay him, so we'll have no other, uh, no other position but to go and get himself a job. You say, is that true? I've heard it time and time and time again. I want to say tonight that that kind of attitude, that kind of spirit, is opposed to God's spirit. Yeah. It really is. And actually, I'll be really even bolder. I think those churches that have done that, they bring a curse upon themselves. And judgment will come to churches like that. And I'm sorry to say, this is not a negative statement. It sounds negative. Sorry, it's not a judgment statement. But there are churches all across our area that have done exactly that. And they are now nightclubs, bingo halls, pubs. Because that's how they've lived their life. This is a message that needs to be preached in the church. This is a message that needs to be preached in this church. Because we are called to honour those in authority within the church. It says this about that verse, Be responsive to your pastoral leaders. Listen to their counsel. They are alert to the condition of your lives and work under the strict supervision of God. Contribute to the joy of their leadership and not its drudgery. Why would you want to make things harder for them? You may find it hard to believe that not, every, not everybody's agreed with me over the last 16 years. And there are some people who have done the opposite to that. They have actually tried to make my life difficult. They have made it harder for me. And the instruction is, why would you want to make things harder for them? Let me tell you, leadership is hard enough. Yeah. We have people who just don't want to go with you and won't honor you. It really is. And I want us to build a church continually that honours one another, that honours those in authority outside the church, that honours those with authority inside the church. Can I hear a big amen from a really church, Mansfield? Because if we will do that, we will unlock something that will pour out so much blessing upon your life and upon our lives. It really will. And so this is who we are meant to honour. But there are some reasons why we won't honour. Why we don't honour. So let's just work through them now. First of all, we won't honour because of these are things that have been born out of, not out of a textbook. I'd love to say that I got a book about this and it was, it was one, two, three, four because that would work really well with my kind of mind and it would also, with my uh, laziness at times, to just get ministry, it would be perfect. But this isn't the case. These have been born out of my lives, my life. When I've looked at myself, I thought, well, why won't I honour? Why won't I honour? The first thing is this. We won't honour because we won't humble ourselves before the Lord. We will not humble ourselves. We will not submit our, 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 by our knee before God and before His designated authority. There are people who walk around and say, well, I've got a gift. 
And my gift is more superior to the pastor's gift. My gift is more superior to my manager's gift. My gift is more superior to my overseer's gift. And that might be the case. But I was reminded only last week that gift never supersedes God's designated authority. I remember a time when I was asked to be an elder in the church in, in, in Milton Keynes. And it was really, the more I, when I've contemplated it, it was ridiculous in many ways. Because I was so young and so naive. And there's so many rough edges over my life. I mean, if you think that I'm direct now, I was incredibly direct then. And uh, just, there was all kinds of, some of you know me, I was just in everybody's face uh, at times. And it was just ridiculous really. But I remember the pastor saying he just felt a sense of call and go and pray about it. We want to make you an elder. And Caroline and I really prayed about it. He'd always said to me that you're going to possibly have some people who won't like the appointment, but don't worry, we're with you, we'll stand with you. And that's what we did. But I remember there was this guy who had, unfortunately had come from a failed position. He was a pastor and was now fellowshipping in our church there. And when he heard that I was made an elder, he was, it was just almost like there was something that stirred up within him. He, he became like a demon, actually. And, and he, he, he just became awful with me. And I was intimidated for a while, Nathan, because I thought, he's more experienced than me, he's older than me, he's pastored churches, and he knows more about it than I do. But the p- fact is, he hadn't been given the authority I had. I had. I'd been given an authority by God. It hadn't been given by George, the pastor. God had given me an authority. I was called to do what he'd asked me to do. And you see, sometimes we think that our gift and our cleverness and our experience makes us better than other guys who are coming through. Let me just make a bold statement. There's going to increasingly be you know, more and more younger guys come through the life of the church and just come through. And you might say, well, what do they know? They might not know as much as us. That's true. But God has given them an authority. And if God has placed an authority on somebody's life, we need to honor ourselves before that and humble ourselves and respond to it. The second thing is we don't like honoring people is because we don't like to agree with the people who have been placed over us. I was reminded of a theologian. This is what he, what he said. Remember your Savior suffered under Pontius Pilate. One of the worst Roman governors Judea ever had. And Paul the Apostle, he suffered under Nero, the worst Roman emperor. And neither our Lord or his Apostle denied this authority. You know, we might not like or agree with the people we're placed under. There's going to be, I know there's occasions, you think, why has Christian said that? Why has Christian done that? I don't, but if I can be bold. You know, and it's not, I'm not asking us, I've not asked us to do anything illegal or, or immoral, it's just that you don't like how we're doing it. If I can be, say this very respectfully, you know, we can have some conversation, but once we've had the conversation, the response then is to submit ourselves to God's designated authority. And if we will do that, we will know the blessing of God. I learned this very, very early on, going back to my Milton Keynes days, because there was many decisions, John and Sandy would know this, there was many decisions that I didn't feel was right that the pastor was making, and even about my life. But I always sought to be honouring of this man, and submitted to his authority. And if I can say very respectfully, that brought blessing to our lives. Blessing flowed. 
And God was able to sort out all the nonsense. We sometimes think, well, if I don't stand up, if I don't do, you know, no, 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 no. What you need to understand is God has placed that in authority. So if God's placed it, he can also remove it. Can I be a big amen? amen? We have to place ourselves in God's hands. Thirdly, we can't bear for others to be blessed, elevated more than we are. This is a massive thing. I really drive deep now in your hearts. Because how are you? How are you when people are being blessed? When people are being favoured? When people are being exalted? How are you when those who are rejoicing rejoice even more? I often find that it's easy to mourn with those who are mourning, but rejoice with those who are rejoicing, that can really, that really drives deep in our hearts. And so oftentimes we can just start from honouring because we don't want to you know, elevate them more than they're actually being elevated. And yet Psalm 75 verse 7 says this, it is God who judges. He brings one down and he exalts another. I don't know why God appoints the people that he appoints, but we just have to trust him. Uh, Amen? And lastly, it's not our language, it's not our culture. We say, well, I don't like this honest stuff. I think it's an absolute garbage. I think it's rubbish. And you're entitled to your opinion. Respectfully, I would say you're wrong because the Bible is just, it runs all the way through the Bible. And oftentimes we say that is, and I've done that, is because, oh, it just feels a bit sickly. There's a time, you know, I'm not asking us to do this, but I've been to conferences and let's welcome the man of God and people start to stand to the feet and, you know, celebrate him as he comes to the... And I have to to be honest with you, it just like cuts across everything in me. It's just like, oh, do I have to stand? And I see one of the two teams standing. I've been to conferences and then, oh, brother, stand as well. It just... Feels uncomfortable. Feels uncomfortable. You know, when, when we're saying nice things, I, I said last week, I don't always get, you know, I, I haven't always been good at receiving compliments. You may say, really? Yeah, honestly, just, I don't know, I just make a, a statement about me. It's always, yeah, about this, and trying to just push it away. It just feels a bit, but you know what? We can't live like that. Because actually honour is a language of the kingdom of God. It's it's not a language that's defined by America or Africa or Australia. It's 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 the language of the kingdom. Honour is a language of the kingdom. And we need to honour one another. We need to honour those pastors and leaders. We need to honour the elders. We need to honour the staff pastors. We need to honour them. And we need to do that in ways that, yes, sometimes it's private, and then other times it's public, and not get worked up about it. You know, the British culture can, oh, no, just put it down. And, you know, we need to get freedom in this area. We do in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? We need to really get free from it. And just, you know, here, you know, 60, 70 people will just begin to build a culture of honour. We just feel all honoured. Not just the pastor, not just the leader. We honour every part of church life. You've heard me say many times from this platform, I honour those who serve, I honour those in the back, I honour, you know, it's not just about here, it's about just honouring everyone. So how do we practice this lifestyle of honour? Well, I want to take us just for the last time that we've got together to some Bible verses in Chronicles. If you're taking notes, please jot it down. 1 Chronicles chapter 11. We're just going to read three verses, but just read the, the, the chapter of Chronicles. 
Before we go there, as you go there, he's, he's listing a man um, who was a king. His name's David. For some who don't know, David was very famous because he slayed a giant. This giant was big. He was bigger than Andy Beaton. <laughs> and he, he, he's probably going to be bigger as well than Joshua Beaton because I prophesied last week that this man's going to definitely go above his dad and his mum. He's going to be a big lad, is Josh. He was a big man. And David s- slayed him. David was renowned at the time for being a warrior. But he had massive imperfections. He had a problem with a beautiful woman. Beautiful women always create problems, eh, guys? And none of you are dared to say amen. Okay, you just get down. Oh, my wife, she's beautiful to me. She's always created a problem in my heart. Okay. But this beautiful woman, um, unfortunately, wasn't the kind of husband and wife. This was a relationship that he should not have been entering into. And it was all over news at 10 in, in, in Israel. It was. It was all on the news. You know, and the other thing about this man is when he had children, he couldn't bring any discipline to his children when it was needed. And this resulted in, in fighting and jockeying position and chaos. This man was flawed. But his heart was towards God. The Bible records that David, oh, what a man after God's own heart. But there was one significant area that David excelled in, and this was in the area of honour. You see, the previous king by the name of Saul, David had served him with distinction. In fact, he went to fight Goliath because of Saul to slay him. But unfortunately, this king, King Saul, became very insecure. He was always insecure, but he became even more insecure. And he was jealous, and he became even more jealous of this young fighting champion by the name of David. And even more so, he became incensed when he heard a song, and he loved the first part of the song. The song went something like this. Saul has slain his thousands, and he's there thinking, Oh, I am the man. Oh yes, bring it on, chest out, I'm the man, yeah, you can just imagine it, I'm the man, he's going along, giving this, giving it large, come on, go with me on it, he's giving it large out there, yeah, get down, okay, get the wrappers on, yeah, he loves it. But the second part of the song he really didn't like, because the second part was this, but David, oh, he had slain 10,000. Imagine this is the king. And as a result of that, the Bible records that Saul was filled with wrath. What a word that is, wrath. (laughs) It means to have red anger in the pit of your soul. Would anybody dare to acknowledge that at times you felt like that? Utter anger. This is what he felt. This is what he felt towards this young man who'd only served him with honor and distinction. And as a result of that, he pursued David for the rest of his days, trying to kill the man who'd honored him. But you listen to this. Because of David's honor, because his understanding of honor, he had a chance to kill Saul. But he said, I will not lay my hand against the Lord's anointed. 
You see, God's put in authority. It doesn't matter how they live in life. They're God's designated authority. And God will sort them out and God will move them. That's why we're not going to get worked up about such things. You see, Saul had created a culture of insecurity and fear. This is a great leadership principle, by the way. So his men feared him. But David had built a culture of security, so his men loved him. (laughs) David honoured King Saul, and then when he became king, his men honoured him. And so we come to 1 Chronicles 11, and we read a beautiful story that reads something like this. David remarked longingly to his men, Oh, how I would love some of the good water from the well in Bethlehem. He'd lived in Bethlehem. He was now away from Bethlehem. He just wanted to taste the water. It's equivalent to if you're from Buxton, you're wanting some Buxton water. No, that's nothing to do with it. Buxton water. Okay. There's just, you know, I, I love traveling, but there's a point, I was just talking to Mr. and Mrs. Robbins, and, you know, nine weeks on the road, and they've enjoyed, I guess, being with family and friends, but they'll be ready to go back to home. There's something about home and comforts and just the smell of home and just the things that you can sample. And that's what David was, was really saying. And he was thinking out loud. And this good water, the three, the three are his champions. They heard this and they broke through the Philistine lines. They broke through an army. Why? To go and kill some people? No. To go and draw some water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem. And they brought it to David. But David refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out as an offering to the Lord. God forbid that I should drink this, he exclaimed. This water is as precious as the blood of these men who risked their lives to bring it to me. So David did not drink it. And these are the examples of the exploits of the three. The three are three fighting men, champions in their own lives, who actually could have probably led a nation in their own life, but they knew that they were stronger with David than not with David at all, yes? And there are many people who come and go who are very strong, gifted, they have a lot going for them. But what you've got to understand sometimes, there's, blessing that, there's blessings that flow when you connect, connect yourself with God's designated authority. And this is what happened. These men connected their hearts to David's and then heard the longing of David and went and did what David was thinking out loud. They expressed honor. For me, it's one of the most beautiful stories in the Bible. Now, I'm not all asking you now to just go and break camp and go and bring me back a pizza, okay? From your favorite pizzeria. I'm not saying that. I'm just using it as an example to lay a principle into our hearts because there are five things that I see if we are to build a culture of serving that I think will help us and we see it exampled in these three men and we also see it in the life of Jesus who was God's designated authority on earth and these five things are this first of all if we want to build a lifestyle of culture it comes out of serving served they served David They served David. He was the king, and they could have ignored his thoughts, but instead they heard that he longed for this water. And they said, we can go and get it, boys, can't we? Yeah, we can do it. Have you got the Tupperware ready? Yeah, we've got the Tupperware. We'll get the container, we'll fill it up. Yeah, we're sorted. They wanted to serve him. Jesus exemplified this in John 13, verse 12 to 15, where it says this, When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes, returned to his place, 
And he said, do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for this is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. If we want to build a lifestyle of, of, of honor one to another and to leadership, it comes out of service. And we express honor through heartfelt service. The second thing is that I see these men did is that they loved. They clearly loved David. And we're talking about a love that was genuine and pure. We're talking about a love with three men to another man. It is possible for a man to love another man, you know, and not for it to be weird. Yeah. We're talking about, a, you know, a, a deep love, a recognition and admiration from one to another. That's the kind of love that we're trying to build in the team here amongst, if I can say, pastors and elders, where there's a genuine love, authentic love one to another. David was just thinking out loud, yet they risked their lives out of love. It wasn't manipulative. It wasn't controlling. It was heartfelt. Jesus said this in John 13, because again, he expressed this. Verse 34, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Verse 35, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. If we want to build a culture of honour, we do it through service and we also do it through love. And in fact, we express honour through authentic love. Authentic, real love. I pray that our love will go deeper. I pray that our love in this church will go deeper. I pray that now I know when it goes deeper. When somebody says something about another person, we shut them down. Or when somebody says something about somebody, we don't believe what that person's saying because that's genuine love. Because that's what happens in my family, natural family. I will defend my wife. I will defend my kids. I also recognize what they're like, but I just love them and they love me. That is called family. And we will know when we've got that in this church when that begins to happen. Are you hearing me this, this evening? thirdly they exercise I'm not talking about Adam was saying about getting a Fitbit on and telling how many steps he's got and you know Julie bouncing on the stage and Annie was at it as well tonight as well I'm talking about a daily practice and exercising the question that we have to ask ourselves is who can I honour today if we want to build it we have to exercise it it's not just about doing it once off well you know oh I'll do it I'll do it every few months I want to tell you, that that isn't going to cut the mustard. Yeah? I joined a gym recently, actually. If you miss for a week, they're they're sending you emails. It's really helpful because you think, flipping out, yeah, I'm getting to it again. What I'm saying is, exercise regularly is so important. And this is the same with honour. We need to honour regularly. It doesn't need to just be in this season, because I'm hearing a lot at the moment the language, oh, we honour you, and isn't this person... What about in a month's time? What about at Christmas when everybody's frazzled? What about in January when the weather's awful? Let us honour one another. Men to women, women to men, oldies to youngies, youngies to oldies. We honour one another. In relationships, husbands and wives, oh, we can so easily take one another for granted. Wives, make an effort for your husbands. Men, stop going to bed without showering after you've had a full day's work. Sort yourself out. No localizing of love. We've been in, on occasions 
in marriage breakdowns, there's usually no vocalising of love. Well, I don't do that. I don't, I don't really want to do that. Well, start doing it. Start telling them. Write a note if it's uncomfortable. Write a note. Tell them that you love them. Show you love, show you love them. This is how we build honouring in our marriages and in our relationships and in the church. And by the way, you know, there may be occasions when you send a nice note to Stephen and say, Stephen, we really love and appreciate you and Alina being here. We're so glad you're our pastors. God bless you. I'll tell you what, that will mean more. Well, I was going to say more than a million pounds. I'm not quite sure it will, but anyway, it will mean a lot to him. And by the way, the notes and cards that we send out to you guys, there's notes and cards going all the time. What are these? The, the notes of honour. We express honour through our daily practices. Time has gone from me, but just let me just run through the last two. The fourth thing is, they preferred. They loved, they served, they exercised, and they preferred. Let me go back to the story. The three men could have said, Water! Water! I'll give you water! I want my bed! I want a shower! I want some food! And you're talking about wanting to have some water from Bethlehem! Shove Bethlehem! Anybody ever smell like that at times? When you think, I'll give you... The husband comes in, oh, I'd, I'd love some steak! Steak! And you've just slaved over me, I'll give you steak! <laughs> These men didn't respond like that. Because they preferred. They preferred. They understood the principle of preferring. Watch this. Romans 12 verse 10. It says there, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. Listen. In honour. Giving preference to one another. In honour. Giving preference to one another. In other words, let us have real warmth and affection for one another as between brothers. And a willingness, get this, to let the other man have the credit. Have you always got to have the credit? Have you always got to get the glory? Have you always got to get the praise? We were joking last night. It was my daughter's birthday last week. And whilst I was away last year on holiday, and it was a joke, guys, so I hope you find it funny. I was away on my birthday. And uh, the day of my birthday, I got up, I said, right, guys, my mum and dad was with me. I said, right, guys, this whole holiday is all about me, okay? It's all about my day, so let's go out. And every time I was there, I said, this is all about me. I was joking, by the way, honestly. I really was. But listen, some people live like that. They live their lives like it's all about them. Yeah. It's never about us. It's always about him. Yeah. And if it is always about you, you won't build great relationships. Because it's about preferring. It's about letting other people take the credit. There are times when these guys are credited for stuff and I think to myself, well, I, there's just a niggling thought. Well, I had that idea. Why the praising Julie? My idea. You have to slap that down. Seriously. And at times they have to get it. I'm getting all the accolades. Oh, isn't Christian wonderful? And they think you're wonderful. You have to work with him day by day. You know, I'm joking. Preference. Preferring one another. You see, we express honour through putting others first. And lastly, praised. I see it all running through these men. I see it all running through the life of Jesus. I see it all in the early church. You see, he was their leader and king. And they sought to bring praise to the king's name. They weren't jockeying for 
positional praise that just sought to encourage. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11 from the message version says this. So speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so you'll all be together in this. No one left out, no one left behind. I know you're already doing this. Just keep on doing it. You see, we express honour through speaking encouraging words. I want to just do one final thing. Do you want to just come onto the platform, musicians, if you would? So we're going to draw it to a close. Time's gone. I wonder if, Eleanor, where are you with those things? Where is she? I just need two, actually. I just thought it'd be a good thing at the end of it. It was actually my wife who'd said this. Why don't we honour just a couple of people? And immediately we both said, well, it becomes very difficult because what will others think? And that's part of the attitude we've got to get rid of. I just need to underline that because we think, well, why have they got it? Look at all I've done. Preference. Let others get the credit for a moment. So I wonder if I could take a moment to just celebrate. Where's Leslie? Is she here? She's just gone out, has she? My goodness, she needs to get back here. Okay. If she's not coming back, we'll just have to leave her there. We'll give it to somebody else who wants some. Is that anybody? No. Yeah, she's coming. This wasn't part of the script, as you can see, because I wanted to move it on. But uh... Leslie, come forward. And the lady who's just shouted you here, Tina, will you come forward, please, as well, because you're the other one. I want to just take a moment to honour both of you. You serve behind the scenes. You just get on with things. You've been doing it for some time now while you've been here and on a bit of a journey. Tina, in more recent months, probably a year now, not been here that long, but just served. And we just want to say thank you. We honour you this evening. We appreciate all that you do. We really do. Okay. We really do appreciate you. All that you do. Thank you. I do want to move the service on, but what did that cost me? Six quid. To just say thank you. Now listen to me. Actually, there's a lot around you. Yeah, you're yeah, yeah, brilliant. I love you guys here at Mansfield. So it's actually really what I do want to do is honour you all. So I can't get you all Thornton's six quid chocolates because that would break my bank balance for the month. But I've, we've got chocolate for all of you at the end. You can take a choice of a chocolate bar and just... just as It's a little way of just saying we love and appreciate. Even if you've been at our first night here tonight, we just thank you for being with us. We want to honour you. We appreciate everything that you do. Listen, what has that cost us? A few quid. And we don't just honour through giving gifts. We honour through just a kind word. We honour through, through standing firm in tough times. We honour when somebody's saying negative things, we stand up and we say, I'm not get entertaining, involved in that, are you hearing me? It's not just about gifts. Somebody's saying something about one of you guys. Somebody's saying something about Neil. I would somebody say anything about Neil. Say, I'm not entertaining that. I'm not getting involved in that. I'll tell you what, that will soon cut the conversation. It really will. This is what we're talking about, laying it in to the life of the church. I wonder if we bow our heads for a moment. It may be that you're here for the very first time and I just want to quickly say to you, not quickly because it's not important, because 
just want to move it along, but just to say to you tonight that Jesus loves you. And God expressed the Father, God the Father expressed real honour to the world by sending the very best that he could give, his son Jesus. Gave him in the form of a baby. And this Jesus knew what he came to do, he came to die. What was he all about? It was, it was love, it was service, it was honour. Tonight, the invitation is set for you to receive this wonderful gift of salvation.